Okay. Luke chapter 2, verses 1 through 14. I'd like to uh, start the lesson off today by reading the golden text all together. Verse 6, the golden text. Thou child shall be called the prophet of the highest. Because that's not the golden text. Sister Smith, Sister Smith, Sister Smith, how you doing? Merry Christmas. Is that the golden text for today? What is the golden text for today? Verse what of chapter 2? 2 and 7. 2 7. Let's read that. Okay. I realize... That you guys are ready to get out and start shopping. Something to but I have, I have a gift that I need you to focus on uh, this morning because it is without equal the greatest gift that has ever been given to man. We see it right here. You know, in the church, but uh, there, there are a lot of folk that uh, talk about the gifts and what's the best gifts, and a lot of people, you know, go toward the showy gifts and all of that. But they fi they fail to realize that every blood-bought Christian has the same gift. At some point in time. Every child of God that has been born again has been given the perfect gift. The perfect gift. And I would dare say that even those, Linda, who uh, have not accepted Christ at some point in time because some disciple made it their purpose and mission in life to share the message that they got from the Father with someone else. It, they've been given it, but they haven't received it. Only those who have accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and personal Savior have received the gift. Today we're going to see a message that can become very mundane in has. People try to dress it up, they try to move away from it more. But today's lesson is what this season is all about. How are you not gonna make the main thing the main thing? I, 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 I don't understand it. Uh, we've heard uh, two women and a brother uh, sing songs when they've been in the presence of the Lord 
And when they come into uh, this most intimate relationship with Jesus Christ, they sing songs. You can't help when you get in the presence of Jesus, when you really know him, Jesus will make you sing. Y'all don't hear me this morning. Y'all don't hear me. Because in, in today's lesson, there is a, a, a song for all of us. And uh, there are beings that sung this song at the very announcement, at the very realization that Jesus, the Christ, is born. That there's some implications behind those words. Jesus the Christ is born. You got to believe that. Because if you can't believe that he was born, you certainly can't believe that he died. You can't die unless you be born. So, so Dr. Luke comes by to tell us uh, the forerunner's birth and all the conditions that surrounded it and how Mary is on a mission of carrying a message that will later carry her. Uh, 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 Luke now tells us that it's time. The time has come. And it's really interesting. I, I, I listened very carefully as Steve prayed. Uh, uh, because in all of our prayers and all of our conversation now, uh, there is a uh, concern, if you would, about the state of the world today. That, that, that somehow we're in a worse condition now than we've ever been. But I'm here to declare and to decree we are not. Because Isaiah said it, Steve. He said, a child is going to be born. Chapter 7, he says, a virgin will bear the child. He says, a child will be born, and that child will have the government on his shoulders. That means that that child will be sovereign in every way. That means that that child will control all governments. Not a government, but all governments. So you don't have to be worried when you know who holds the government. But let me tell you how he got there. He got there before he got there. Oh, y'all didn't hear me. Because it was not God's uh, alternate plan that this baby would be born in Bethlehem of Judea and that this baby would somehow be uh, 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 the savior of the world. It was not his alternate plan. Oh no, because scripture is clear that before the foundation of the world, the Lamb of God was slain for your sin and my sin. God knew you were capable of messing up. Matter of fact, God knows your capability and your ability. He not, knows, he not only knows that you are capable, he knows that you will. And so before the foundation of the world, he planned this event. But listen to the government. It's right here in the scripture. 
y'all, y'all, y'all don't hear me. Y'all don't hear me. See, when it that Paul writes it this way. Uh, they don't use it much. You, you see it on uh, postcards and, I mean, uh, Christmas cards and that sort of thing, Sylvia. But over there in Galatians, uh, Sister Samson, you remember that one they called Four and Four? Uh, you know, in Galatians 4 and 4, the, the evangelism students learn that in the fullness of time, God sent his son, made of a woman, made under the law, to redeem those who were what? Under the law. Long before. But for 400 years now, Richard, God has not spoken to man. And here we have now, a few weeks ago, angels talking to Mary, telling her what her mission is. Uh, and, and angels talking to uh, Zacharias and Elizabeth, telling them what the message is going to be. And this morning, Luke steps back to tell you that this child born was 100% man. And at the same time, 100% God. That, that's what, but he, he wants to focus in on his humanity. And he says, he wants to focus in on his sovereignty. That there ain't nothing that the world can do to you that God ain't got control of it. Y'all, 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 y'all not with me. In, in verse 1 there, it says, and it came to what? Pass in those days that there went out what? A decree from who? That and Cyrenius was governor of Syria. Now, it tells that it's a real time and a real place. It's, a, it, it's, it's an event that's about to happen that's tied to a historical fact. Okay? But it, listen to this. Caesar, emperor, God, G-O-D, small, is in control. And so he makes a decree. But he makes a, dec a decree that's playing right into the hand of God. I, I mean, y'all, y'all, y'all don't see. It. Yeah, you, you guys. I, 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 yeah, when I when I watch stuff on television, I, I, I'm always trying to get the inside uh, plot. You know, what's the intent here? Don't believe everything you see. Don't believe even what you hear. None of what you hear, because there, there's plots and subplots. Caesar thinks he's in control and making folk do what he wants to do. But what he's doing, he's being a tool used of God. Amen. That's one when Paul writes, in the fullness of time, God sent his son. It means that the time was right. We got one world government, essentially. Caesar is the chief honcho. He's large and in charge. So he thinks. He's built these roads. Well, because they built the Roman roads, Sis Marshall, that made it easier for Paul and Silas and boys to get around. The time was right. There were no wars because they had conquered everything. That means that there was law and order for the most part, as most you can have amongst sinners. But that means that Paul and Silas and the boys were all given safety. 
They didn't have to worry about this reckless world. Time was right. Caesar in charge, running the government, but yet carrying out God's plan. Because if you remember Isaiah, he said that this child would be born in the what? In Bethlehem, in the city of Judea, I mean, in the region of Judea. That's very important because there was a lot of Bethlehems. But there's only one in Judea. And that, and because uh, Julius Caesar decides, Octavius is his name, that's his real name, you know, propagating a fraud. Uh, uh, because Mr. Octavius decides to tax everybody, and, and this tax was simply, uh, you know, you come and you register, and see, uh, the Jews, they had to go. Uh, 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 not to register because they had to be registered, but not for the army. They didn't allow them in the army. It, you know, it's, it's like the ex-Navy guys, they don't let them in the army, you know, you know. <laughs> so, but they went because they were of the household of David that shows the lineage. And Mary now comes along with her betrothed, and they're going to wind up in the place exactly where God said that all of this would come to fruition, where time would interface with eternity in this place. And it took a man who thought he was in charge. He didn't realize that his empire is in jeopardy because this family had to go and register for taxes. You see, they, they think they're making a bill that's going to hurt you, that's going to affect you. But God is in charge. And as long as God is in charge, you ain't got nothing to worry about. Y'all y'all come with me, come with me. Ver, verse uh, 3 there says what? Everyone into his own city. And actually, what, what's so interesting though, David, I mean, uh, uh, Joseph and Mary really didn't have to go to Bethlehem. But the Jewish tradition was go back to your city of your ancestries. They could remain right where they were. Jesus wouldn't have been born in Bethlehem. Y'all don't hear me? See, God's got a, a, a part in all of this. And see, we don't see what's happening behind the scenes. Verse 4 says what? And Joseph also went up from Galilee, out of the city of Nazareth, into Judea, unto the city of David, which is called Bethlehem. To do what? Because he was a house of the of David. And what? So that everybody would be counted. This journey that these three souls are making. 70 miles, nine months pregnant. Now y'all see the, the pretty uh, donkey, donkey. You know, she riding the donkey and they say, oh man, she got to be on a donkey and y'all be saying, oh, that's so terrible. That's so terrible, she on a donkey, nine months pregnant. Uh, uh, maybe, maybe I missed it. But I ain't see them riding a donkey. 
they too poor. They so broke they couldn't pay attention. So it's more likely that they walked them 70 miles pregnant. It's amazing what God can take us through to get us to where we need to be. Oh, y'all don't hear me? You're worried about what's now. I, I told you, it started it a quarter ago, Carter. I'm looking at your, your now is not your next. It, it's tough. She's in a predicament now. But they're going up to be registered. They ain't going in no army. But for the tax to be assessed uh, to them. And so it was that while they were there, somebody say there. There. Can somebody tell me where there is? Bethlehem. Come on. Thank you. Thank you, sis. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Bethlehem. While they were in Bethlehem, what? The days? Now, Dr. Luke was a physician. And, you know, he, he prettys up things. But, but I can imagine if, uh, you know, somebody like uh, Maurice, uh, 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 certainly Harry, they would have said, you know, nine months came in, the woman had this baby. <laughs> but Luke fixes it up for us. The baby was born. Mary was pregnant. And now the time has come because it's the right time for the baby to be born. And she brought four Does anybody know the importance of the first part of verse 7? And she brought forth her firstborn son. Had other children. Sure did. At least James and Jude. And probably a sister. So so this this deity thing. See, Luke Luke wants to understand that we're that the deity here is only with the baby that she's carrying. That she's to be acknowledged, she's to be held in high esteem, but not deified. Y'all better help me, because this is just basic doctrine. See, see, that, that's, what, that's what evangelism students do. They start with the basic doctrine. And y'all saw it with Mary and Elizabeth. They, they, they got some heavy doctrine. Well, don't, don't think there's no heavy doctrine here today, because there is. In the Christmas story, it's the epitome of heavy doctrine. It contains the essential elements of doctrine. Because there was no what? No, no, let me, let's start with, and wrapped him what? In you know what swaddling clothes are? What are they? Rags. Rags. Probably dirty rags. Okay? No pampas. You know, no formula. No heat on a cold winter's night. In a trough. Y'all call it a manger. Nothing but a cow's or livestock trough on hay. Get the picture? This baby that is being born wasn't born over at the Davies' house. 
They weren't born at, you know, uh, uh, the Kita and Storm's house like the baby they holding today. You know, they, they didn't have that kind of, they weren't living that large. You know, oh, oh let, let me tell you what, when, when they talked about this baby, they didn't talk about no Cibolo. You, when you talk about this baby, you said Cibolo. <laughs> you see what's below the truck. No, no. In other words, but Sister Carter, it shows you the depth that Jesus, the Christ, had to come down. He comes down through 42 generations of men and lands on this, uh, uh, Pastor Brown says, the backside of a barn in Bethlehem with dirty livestock because there were incredulous people who didn't really care. They they didn't know him, so they didn't have room for him. When you don't know him, you'll never have room for him. Oh, oh, I'm on it this morning. I I, I ain't gonna leave you alone this morning. Matter of fact, those of you wanna break, uh, ain't no uh, children's church today. You know, you want a break, you get hungry, go get your sandwich, come back, I'll still be here. Because, because at Christmas, evangelism should be of the highest priority because it is a time when the world is most sensitive to it. They're running around, not doing anything, well, they don't really care, they don't want to talk to it. But see, an evangelist takes, an op- uh, takes advantage of the opportunities that they have. Hello, Mr. Bud. See, that was an advantage. Because when I say, hello, Mr. Bud, that means I'm inviting him into my space. He immediately could say, ah, hello, hi, Mr. Bud. Oh, I'm doing fine. How you doing? How's your soul? (laughs) That's what an evangelist never misses an opportunity to evangelize because he knows the importance of it. He knows who he, he has a relationship with this baby that was born in swaddling clothes in the dirtiest, filthiest place that man had to offer for him and because there was no room in the lives of men. Because everybody was too busy going to the mall, taking up all the space, sucking up all the air. (laughs) Oh, go to the mall, there ain't no room. Ain't no room. Parking. Any other day? Rolling. Wait a minute. The, I'm familiar with the Rolling Oaks Mall. Y'all, y'all familiar with the Rolling Oaks Mall? On any day, on any hour, you can park any place at the Rolling Oaks Mall you want to. I know. I do it. You ain't got to contend with nobody. Room? There's plenty of room. Okay, where you go? There's room but no room for Jesus because they don't know him. They don't have a relationship with him. Verse eight says, we're gonna get to the heart of this lesson. Verse eight says, cause we're talking about evangelism, right? Somebody say evangelism. Evangelism. And they what? What an affront. Do y'all know who's coming? It ain't Santa Claus, folks. 
It's the baby Jesus. It is Jesus Christos that's coming. And you know what? He's not coming to the rich and the famous. He coming to the people that's living high on the hill or down in Simi Valley. He ain't coming to Trump Towers. He ain't coming to uh, Obama's Paradise in Hawaii. He ain't coming to none of those places. He's coming to some lowly shepherd. Now let me tell you something about a shepherd. Shepherd, they were ostracized. Ostracized, they wouldn't even let them come to church, y'all. They couldn't come in the, in the temple courts because they were funky. Oh, y'all don't hear me? Oh, I'm just telling the truth. See, 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 what, what, what happens is that, that, that they were ostracized and lowly, but, but you know what? It's amazing what's about to happen because God didn't choose the rich and the famous. You know, the hierarchy of high command he didn't choose a president or king or the governor or a state representative. He came to some lowly shepherds, filthy and funkified, <laughs> that nobody wanted to be around. But here he comes. And they are about to get the greatest gift in the world. Folk, I, 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 won't, I won't hold you in suspense any longer. This gift that I'm talking about is the gospel. They're about to get the gospel. They are the first to receive the gospel. See, and if you're going to have disciples, a disciple is simply a learner and follower. In other words, a disciple is one who tells if you're going to uh, be a disciple, you got to have a message. And when you got the right message, you can get the world's ear. You got the right message. You, you got the M16, and the world is dealing with a 38 caliber. And you're afraid. Oh, y'all, oh, I'm right here, Rashad. I'm right here, right here, right here, right here, right now. Uh, it says they were doing their job. And, 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 and verse 9 says, and look, the angel of the Lord came upon what? The and what? And the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. Tough shepherds uh, track down a wolf and break his jaw with their bad hands. And if they got a bad hand, they'll use their staff and break his neck. They were so afraid of an angel because the glory shone all about them. They were so afraid. And here's what the angel said unto them. I bring you I told you God has not given you a spirit of fear, but a sound mind. The angel says, I'm bringing you a message. I'm bringing you good news. What is the gospel? Y'all got to work with me now. 
The angels, see, because otherwise y'all y'all think that this is uh, Country Club 21, and no, no, this is this is uh, a Resurrection Family Church School uh, uh, on Sunday morning at 9:30, uh, where we know that the Sunday school is the arm of evangelism, and in evangelism we learn that the angels bought the first the angel bought the first message to shepherds, lowly people. In other words, God reached down in the dirt. Yeah, the filthiest, most worthless humanity, God reached down in it. Sent his innocent son to be wrapped in dirty clothes, to interact with dirty people. Y'all didn't get it. See, don't sit up here like you're so smug, like you ain't never done nothing. And that, that Jesus being born in Bethlehem don't mean that much to you. Because it means everything to you. Because if Jesus had not come down and reached in the dirt and felt dirty you and dirty me and dirty them and extra dirty them, <laughs> we'd all be lost. And it shows that the message can be given by anybody. Everybody thinks that it's the pastor's job, it's the Christian education uh, 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 director's job, the maturity champion job, it's, it's the deacon's job, you know. No, it's all of our jobs to share the good news that's been given to all of us. The greatest gift ever given to mankind is expressed out here on this uh, a summit, low plains rather, where shepherds watch their flock by night. And the angel said, fear not. That's interesting. Don't be afraid because I bring you good tidings. You don't have to be scared when you're getting good news. So why do you lighten up the gospel? Sister Marshall, why do they do it? Why, why do they come and you can't even hear Jesus' name anymore in some churches? Why do you come and they don't want to teach hell and heaven? They, they, they say, you know, a, God, a loving God would never send anybody to hell. God ain't no send nobody to hell. Nobody. And for anybody who tells you that hell is not a place, it means that they have not taken even a basic doctrine course. Because we know that hell is a place. The people who say that the hell is not a place are the same people who think that it's going to be air conditioned. <laughs> so they don't want to hear hell and brimstone messages. They don't want to hear hard gospel doctrine. They want to make you feel good and let me get on out to the mall. No. It's saying here, I bring you good news. You don't have to be scared. I can listen all day to sermons on how Jesus came to save me from a wretched death, to save me from hell. I can listen to that all day. You know why? And I'll never get scared because I know him. That ain't for me. Why are you going to be scared for something that ain't, ain't for you? Behold, I bring you good tidings. 
Don't you fear. Behold, I'm about to tell you the gospel, but you don't have to be scared because even if you ain't saved, you don't have to be scared. You can just receive what you're about to hear. You scared? Just receive the message and don't be scared. Don't be afraid. Ah, here we go. Bill, I bring you good tidings, a great joy, which shall be to what? All people. Everybody. To all people. See, that's what messes up the elites today. There's some folk that think that Christ didn't come for you. That's why they make vicious laws that segregate folk, that separate us. Why? That's why they come up with divisiveness to try and separate us. Because they don't think this is for all people. But that's what I like. Everybody's on an equal footing. Because I guarantee you, in heaven, there will be no pastors and deacons and Sunday school teachers and uh, ushers. You know, you know what's going to be in heaven? Worshippers. People who know God. Not no title. Not no potentate. The issue is, people gave Jesus' name, but guess what? He had already been given a name. Isaiah said 500 years before he was born, his name shall be Wonderful, Counselor, Prince of Peace. Oh, y'all don't hear me? So he didn't have to come down here with any reputation. He didn't come down here, Prophet Jesus, Dr. Jesus. He came down here to low shepherds. And I'm glad he came, because if he came to them, he certainly can come to me. Because I'm just, oh no. Yet the, only, the only difference between me and the shepherd, I smell a lot better. <laughs> I, I ain't claiming that other stuff, you know. That's why. Heavy, heavy. <laughs> But I digress. Verse 11 says what? Okay. Here we go. Told you I would get there. Just minutes before I'm supposed to leave. But I'm there. Because see, he told them, I'm bringing you good tidings. I'm bringing you good news. And then he gives them the good news. And it's right there in verse 11. Y'all don't see it? Come with me. Let me show you how. Let me show you just basic doctrine. Basic Christian doctrine. You, you'll recognize it. You, you, you'll recognize it. Got it. Tell me, tell me where I'm at. Shout if you want to. And unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior. Good God Almighty. Oh, that's good news. In other words, with the title Savior, Jesus, this baby born in, in a manger in swaddling clothes, Robbie, is the Savior. And because he's the Savior, you and I now have acceptance. That's enough to be happy about. Y'all don't believe me. Y'all don't believe me. Somebody right quick run over to Ephesians 1, chapter 6 as I, as, as I go on. Uh, chapter 1, verse 6. Just just because y'all don't, they don't believe me, Linda. They don't believe me. We now have acceptance 
because of the baby that's born in the manger. You and I are strangers in this world. We're not accepted. I tell you what, if you think you're accepted, you go into certain places. You, 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 you won't be accepted in certain places. But there's nowhere in God's kingdom you're not accepted, and it's because of this baby that's been born. Verse 6 says what, uh, uh, Linda? Ultimately, God is the one worthy of praise for showing us his grace. He is merciful and marvelous, freely giving to us these gifts in his beloved. As his beloved. Okay, King James, right quick, please. So who's got it? I got it. I got yes, sir, Mr. Davis. To the praise of the glory of his grace, wherein he hath made us accepted. What? He's made us what? Accepted. It made us what? Accepted. Hey, it's only that baby that's born in Bethlehem is the one that got you in. Yeah. Amen. You now have been accepted. You have been accepted because he's the Savior. But then he didn't stop there. He says, which, what? Oh, wait a minute. Which is what? What'd you say? Which is who? Christ. Christ. Anointed. Messiah. For him being the Savior, we have acceptance. But for him being the Christ, we have access. Y'all don't hear me. We have access. Because now, that's why the Hebrew writer could write, uh, Nikita, come boldly before the throne. Because the Messiah who reigns, the anointed one, who reigns on the throne, is accepting you. You don't have to be timid. You can come boldly. You've got access now. Where you couldn't get in before, you can get in now. And if you think you can go anywhere you want to, try to run up in the White House. <laughs> Anybody? I know, I know all of y'all, we, we, we're the first group here. Got all kinds of uh, D's and R's and I's behind your name. But try to run up in that White House. See if you get accepted. <laughs> try to run up in the governor's mansion. See if you be, uh, will get access. It'll say, access denied. But because we have Christ, we have access to the throne of God. Because of this baby that's born, Nikita, we have both acceptance and access. They, they wouldn't let me be a deacon. They, they told me I could be a deacon. I wasn't accepted as a deacon, but I was accepted as a child of God. And as a child of God, I'm a deacon. Because a deacon is just a minister. A minister is one who serves. Oh, y'all better help me. See, this is basic Christian doctrine. You got to know who the Savior is. The Savior and what, it, what his purpose is. The Savior came so that you would have acceptance. And we see that he's the Christ so that you would have access. And then what, what's the last in that phrase, it says what? Christ what? The Lord. The Lord means that he is a sovereign ruler. That means he's large and in charge. That means he has all authority. And a baby. 
born in a manger. Ain't got no pedigree, yet he's got it all. When he was born, he, the creator, came down here looking like that which he created. When he was born, he was just as old as his daddy and older than his mother. Y'all don't hear me. I, I can work with this. Robbie, y'all give me a little time. I can, deal, I can deal with this. Because it is the D-O-S-P-E-L that, that, that tells us who Jesus is. That he's Savior, he's Messiah, he's Lord of all. And if he's not Lord of all, he's not Lord at all. He's a triple threat. Because he gives you acceptance. <laughs> Then he gives you access. And then he gets, he says, go in my authority. Y'all don't hear me. He, he's making, he's getting ready to tell him, this is the kind of thing that you're going to be exposed to when he grows up here. Because discipleship has begun. And, and you've got to prepare yourselves, shepherds, to, 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 be, to go and be accepted. You don't have to, matter of fact, you walk in the temple court now and they'll say, come on in, brother. But, but I thought I was too funky. Oh no, you come on in. Come on in and worship. Because see, that's how it should be. Robert Clayton shouldn't be sitting there putting, putting folk who don't smell like Chanel number five on the back row. She'd bring them right on down front. Let them sit beside one of them deacons. walk in the resurrection now. Yeah. I had a whole bunch of shepherds walk in there too. See, well, what you need to do is you need to tell them, hey brother, we could worship a little bit better if you would just, you know, take the zest. You know, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's good. It's good what you hear. But, okay. But now we have access because now instead of going them coming and saying, only the preacher man can go to uh, the father. Only the pope can go to uh, God on your behalf. See, we, 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 were, we had been denied access to the baby king. Y'all don't hear me. God was unapproachable. You couldn't come running up in God's face. But when the baby came here, see, the baby became our mediator. Y'all don't hear me. Let, me. let me. let me work with this. Hey, Terry, I want you to see this. This baby. Uh, because of who he is, he gives you access. Because, you know, it's just like being in a family. And, 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 and let's say I was in a family of three. Uh, three boys. And, 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 but you know, them parents they always have a heart for one of the kids. And, and there's some of the kids. Oh, like my baby brother? He couldn't ask for nothing. Oh, and normally it's just the opposite. Normally them babies get away. But my older brother, it was an apple. Oh, Oh, especially my grandmother's eye. Matter of fact, when, when he left the hospital, she took him home to her house. We lived right in the back of each other. And it was a long time before he left that house. <laughs> Could get anything, Storm. Now, me and my little brother, we, we were scared to ask, especially grandma's <laughs> So what we did, we would ask the big brother. You know 
because our grandmother had a tender heart for the older boy. And we knew one thing, if he got in there, whatever he got, she was going to give it to us too. <laughs> so he became our mediator. We had access. <laughs> oh, come on, y'all. Oh, it's Christmas. It's Christmas. I understand what it is when that baby is lying in a manger. I understand who's there in our scenes of nativity and who's not there. Okay? Because there's a whole bunch of people that need to be there. Because he came for everybody. He came to give us the same acceptance, the same access, and the same authority. Amen. Y'all don't think this is discipleship time? Okay. Well, just read. Just read. Just read. Just go and read there. And what? And They break out in a song. The messenger comes. See, for those folk who say, you know, why can't we just, you know, hum a little melody and then go home? Because you can never, never be exposed to the word of God without shouting and praising God. Y'all don't hear me? Mary did it when she was exposed. Elizabeth did it when she was even Zachariah. What did they sing? Oh, I'm back to that this week. Y'all know it's Christmas. You know what I think? These were just the words that later the hymnist would write, Hark the Herald. Angels sing. Glory to the what? Newborn King. Peace what? Come on. Oh. Hark the herald angels sing, glory to the newborn king. Peace on earth and mercy mild, God and sinners reconcile. Joyful all ye nations rise, join the triumph of the sky. With angelic hosts proclaim, Christ is born in Bethlehem. Hark the herald angels sing. Glory to the newborn king. And remember last week I told you, any time you have the gospel, you sing a song and you will always include it in your song. The last verse of Hawk the Herald goes like this. <laughs> Go. Let her. Listen. Hawk the Herald, angels sing. Glory to the newborn king. Hail the heaven born prince of peace. Hail the son of righteousness. Light and life to all he brings, risen with healing in his wings. Mild he lays his glory by, 
born that men no more may die. Born to raise the son of earth. Born to give them second birth. Hark the herald angels sing. Glory to the newborn king. That concludes our basic doctrine class for today. We'll see y'all later.